0: This podcast is based exclusively on the real-life experiences of two bisexual cis women and their internet research Sexual identity is deeply personal and influenced by intersecting identities demographics and circumstances Rose and annie do not speak for the bisexual experience of all individuals or the bisexual experience as a whole in short They don't know shit. Thanks for listening
1: that's the that's the perils of digital technology. It just it just fucks you sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some that do you in a good way and there are some that
1: just really fuck with you. Just like politics, which is what we're talking about today.
0: Sorry, I guess I probably shouldn't snap into the microphone. It's probably Unpleasant for the morning commute of our listeners.
1: Oh. <laughs> Do you think people listen to us on their commutes?
0: I know of one listener who does.
1: Oh. I was never a podcast listener in the in the morning times commuting. Why not? First of all, I was too scared to listen to anything while I was biking. But when I used to drive, I preferred to listen to really shitty... um like morning radio shows because I have bad taste. <laughs>
0: Do you have like a host or a segment that you really remember?
1: Yeah, there was, um, there was a morning show in Portland that did a segment. It was always on right when I was going to work. It was called Second Date Update or Yeah, Second Date Up. Did you have this?
0: No, it just sounds interesting to me. <laughs>
1: Oh god, I wish I could remember the the hosts' names. Hold on, I have to look this up because someone's gonna have listened to this.
0: They're going to be screaming the name <laughs> of the
1: host. Second date update, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Brook and Jubal. That was those are the hosts. Jubal? Yeah, Jubal. Very very unfortunate name. Also, just oh god, I almost fell over. <laughs> also an unfortunate person but the premise of the show was um it was totally fake like you could tell they had hired actors to call in but the premise of the show was like two people went out on a date like a blind date or like an internet date and one of them ghosted the other after this first date And the person who got ghosted would call into the radio show and be like, I don't understand what happened. Like, it was going so well. And I just need you to call them and figure out, like, what happened. So the hosts would pretend to be, like, someone who... (laughs) You know, it's so fucked up. (laughs) They would pretend to be someone who was, like, giving out a free cruise or whatever, or, like, needed to do an inspection in their home. And they'd be like, hey, is this Lindsay? I don't know how they'd get it around to the talk of dates. Yeah, in
0: order to get this home inspection, we need to know about your most recent bad date.
1: Right! (laughs) Yeah. They'd be like, do you know someone named Blah Blah? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I went out on a date with them. They'd be like, yeah, we actually know them too, and it's so weird. They said it went really well, but sounds like you don't think so and they'd be like no he eats his own toenails or whatever (laughs) (laughs)
0: look that's what i'm looking for in a partner we'll eat own toenails it's my only qualifier (laughs) i need assurance that in the apocalypse shit's gonna be okay yeah
1: we'll eat my toenails i don't want them to go to waste it's terrible i'm sorry we can't talk about this i actually think we've talked about this before and i deleted the whole segment (laughs)
0: Is that like, is that like a sign that we should just end the podcast? Unfortunately, uh, that's it. This is our this is our last episode. Um, it was nice to get to know you guys.
1: Apparently, we're all out of ideas because we've come for a full circle on toenail.
0: Or this is the idea we really need to dive into.
1: Yeah, apparently, I'm pretty interested in it. So
0: you look pretty embarrassed. Were you the lead on the toenail conversation? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually loved that show because I was just hoping to get on it someday. Anyways, we should we should do the show now. We should, should we do, do
0: our okay? <laughs> Hi! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. My cats are like really fighting no, no. right now. Cat fight. That's like a real morning talk show host uh, thing soundbite. Like, yeah, it's usually like two douchebag dudes and then one like straight man lady
1: guys stop it
0: hi i'm rose and my pronouns are she and her
1: and i'm annie and my pronouns are also she and her and we're here to
0: provide some context about the bisexual experience by sharing stories getting advice and talking about queer people we like
1: yeah or queer people we don't like because there is someone on this list that i don't particularly care for no, 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 we're not doing opinions. I'm cutting that. Why are you not going to share your opinion <laughs> about beep? <laughs> um, because everyone deserves to make a form an opinion based on facts alone, um, which is what we're hoping people will do when they go out and vote in their caucuses or primaries or in November for the general election. Uh, the, the presidential election because it's a election year. Get out there. Get out there and vote. Vote, 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 vote. We originally uh, recorded this episode. Unfortunately, lost the files to a horrible fire. it's o- We're both okay. We both survived. I um, mean, I but- am
0: just much more attractive now. The Burns yeah. worked in ways they don't always... <laughs>
1: They all they burned away the ugly parts. Just yes,
0: Amir, 90 to 95% of my face. There's
1: no ugly parts. Um We uh recorded this a few months ago. We're re-recording it now for the better because a lot of the candidates that we talked about on the original episode are now out of the race. Um but state primaries and caucuses are still happening. There might be additional candidates that are appearing on ballots in your state i know california has like a ton of randos no offense california but like figure it out get your shit together callie (laughs) no it's good um but we're today only talking about politicians that have held office have been included in national polls and or have received substantial news coverage in the past year or so Uh, a lot of these candidates will drop off the ballots as the National Conventions for Their Parties approach. And we're just talking about queer issues today. And really, we're only talking about actions that these people have taken on queer issues. Not really, you know, a lot of politicians will just say they're going to do something and then not actually do it. And that's kind of useless to us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like just lip service. Having a section on your website that is like, human rights, I'm not racist or homophobic is fine, but then it's like you vote for all this weird shit, so what does that mean?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so many politicians have said so many nice things about the queer community over the years and just done absolutely nothing for us. So we're only talking about things these politicians have, have done, which is like voting, you know, actual votes on bills laws large donations they've made legislation they've authored measures proposed and then taken um in their political offices because that's what really counts
0: we recorded this episode before super tuesday which was on march 3rd in case you don't know that's a day where 14 states and one u.s territory hold nominating contests to determine the democratic delegate During this one special night, 1,357 delegates are uh, given out by voting, and you only need 1,991 delegates to win the nomination. So it's a huge night. Um, After Super Tuesday, a lot of contestants end up dropping out. So if we speak about some people who are no longer in the race, sorry, you can fast forward or you can just learn a bit
1: about them. Hell yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to do a quick rundown of all the candidates that we uh, know of right now who are running for president only for president maybe later we'll do one on like specific issues I don't I if you know (laughs) if it seems like pressingly important which I guess it always is
0: or if there's something that you want to hear about in the political sphere and you want us to talk about, you can write to us. Our email is H E L L O G O O D B I S 42069 at gmail.com. Hello, goodbyes, 42069.
1: Hell yeah. And also, if we miss anything while we're talking about these candidates that you know of uh, a stance that they've taken, not a stance, don't email us about stances, we're only talking about actions here, but if you know of something they've done either in support of the queer community or not explicitly not in support of the uh, queer community, please write us and let us know. Um, We know that a candidate is much more than their LGBT values and actions. Um, And obviously, the queer identity overlaps and intersects with countless other issues that these candidates have also acted on. But if we were to address all of those intersections, we would have an extremely large podcast.
0: We would have to have a whole separate series.
1: Yeah. So uh, today, we're just doing the queer stuff. We're just doing the queer stuff that we've been able to research in the past few weeks. So yeah that is my disclaimer
0: great do you want to tell me about our first candidate
1: yes i do our first candidate is joe biden joey b (laughs) he is the former vice president of the united states he uh, served from 2009 to 2017 he was also a u.s senator from delaware from 1973 to 2009 which is a crazy long time And he was a candidate, and is a candidate, for president uh, also in 1988 and 2008. Here is what he's done for the queers, or against the queers. In 1993, he voted in favor of 10 U.S.C. 654, a section of a broader federally mandated policy that deemed homosexuality incompatible with military life thereby banning gay Americans from serving in the United States Armed Forces. So he was for don't ask, don't tell. That's what that that's what that law is. Um, In 1996, he voted in favor of the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, which prohibited the federal government from recognizing any same-sex marriage. So he was for DOMA. Two not great stances to have. Uh... (laughs) And in 1996, he voted yes on prohibiting job discrimination by sexual orientation. So kind of uh, progress. (laughs) Coming into the fold slowly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In 2000 and 2002, he voted yes on adding sexual orientation to the definition of hate crimes which is great. And in 2006, he voted no on a constitutional ban of same-sex marriage. So a total about face on that issue in particular. So that's Joe Biden. Some good, some bad. Yeah,
0: which I think is more common than not for politicians who've been in the game for so long.
1: Yeah. Do you want to do you want to do one of yours?
0: Okay, I'm going to talk about Tulsi Gabbard, who is a U.S. representative from Hawaii since 2013? Tulsi Gabbard is interesting. Is she still running?
1: Yeah, she is. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I think uh, I think after Super Tuesday, she'll probably be out. But for now, she's running.
0: Okay, so until 2004, she voted and lobbied against same-sex marriage in Hawaii. And opposed efforts to research lgbt harassment in schools most of the voting records that i found for her didn't go far back enough for me to do an independent verification but in 2012 she made a public apology for her anti-gay legislation she did that in line with when she announced her run for congress And she apologized again on Twitter in 2019 when she announced her presidential bid. So I would assume if the candidate is apologizing for those actions, they are likely to have taken place. It's also important to note that she did a lot of this work in line with her father's organization, which is called the Alliance for Traditional Marriage, and they support and advocate for conversion therapy, In May 2016, she voted yes on prohibiting the use of funds for discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. In March 2019, she voted against banning service people in the armed forces for being openly transgender. In May 2019, she voted yes on prohibiting discrimination based on sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity in areas like education, employment, and housing. So, rocky start, and then that voter history that I just read to you.
1: Next up is Michael Bloomberg. He is the former mayor of New York City. Uh, He was mayor from 2002 to 2013. He is also the CEO of Bloomberg LP. In 2002, he signed a transgender, he signed, sorry, the transgender rights act of new york city into law as mayor uh, in 2004 he vetoed a measure approved by the new york city council known as the equal benefits law which would have required businesses receiving hundred thousand dollars in annual city contracts to provide partner benefits including health and pension to uh, lgbtq employees so not great um, although wait he supported that I'm sorry could you repeat it did he support it or he, not he vetoed so he he nixed a measure to provide benefits to LGBTQ people which I mean you can read up on that there are people who say he was trying to get get better benefits for queer people so <laughs> I don't know Uh, He also signed Executive Order 72, which required city vendors to report whether they had offered health care coverage on an equal basis to spouses and domestic partners and employees. Um, But he didn't require them to do that. He didn't require city vendors to report that, um, which the city council ordinance kind of did. There was a city council... Ordinance that required city vendors to report whether they had offered those benefits. It's not a benefit. I hate. I hate calling health care coverage a benefit. It's a fucking human right. Um. So, I don't know. Another mixed bag there. Uh, in two thousand five, he challenged a court ruling that the city could not require. Sorry, that the city could not deny marriage licenses to same-sex couples while offering them to opposite sex partners. Um, His appeal was successful, which delayed marriage equality until the state took action in 2011. This is another thing that his campaign is kind of defended as him just trying to um, postpone something in order to get the better version of it. (laughs) And then he donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to successful marriage equality campaigns in Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, and Washington State. So another politician with a very mixed bag of uh, queer rights. Yeah, I would also say if you're
0: really into a politician or really against a politician, and then they vote in a way that doesn't quite fit with your understanding of their views. Um, First, I would suggest reading several different takes on why they voted that way, preferably from several different, well, the two different sides of the aisle. And if you're still confused about how they could vote that way and if that changes your understanding of them, then I suggest you actually read the document because a lot of the times something kind of buried within the document language it'll be like we're giving money to all schools but we're also killing all bunnies and hanging them on your block and it's <laughs> like did anyone else read this document and to what end are we doing this <laughs> it's just that sometimes they put something in that's contradictory to the rest of the bill and that's just how politics works so If you read or see something that's contradictory to your understanding of a politician, just dig in.
1: Yeah, dig in. That's great advice.
0: Uh, Amy Klobuchar is the U.S. Senator from Minnesota since 2007. In October 2009, she voted yes on the 2009 to 2010 defense appropriation, which voted to adopt a conference report that authorizes $681.02 billion in appropriations for the defense, for the Department of Defense, for defense activities of the Department of Energy, which is extremely confusing. Um, And this is better known as the Matthew Shepard Hate Crimes Prevention Act. It extends hate crimes to include perceived sexual orientation and gender expression which were previously not covered as hate crimes. Um, In case you're not familiar, Matthew Shepard is a man who was beaten, tortured, and murdered for being gay in Wyoming in 1998. If you're not familiar with the story, it's extremely upsetting, but also a very important part of not only queer, but American history. In 2010, in December... She voted to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. In April 2013, she co-sponsored the Employment Non-Discrimination Act of 2013, which was a bill prohibiting employment discrimination based on the real or perceived sexual orientation or gender identity of an individual. This ended up passing in November 2013, which is the next vote. She voted against an amendment in response to that passed bill that would allow religiously affiliated employers to discriminate employment on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity because of their religious beliefs.
1: Hell yeah. This is a, I mean, partly because she's only been in office since 2007, but like someone who has a pretty good track record as far as LGBTQ issues goes, which is nice. Um, (laughs) Pete, budajedge mayor of south bend indiana is also running for president he's uh he's been mayor um from he he was mayor from 2012 to 2020 in 2015 he came out as gay in 2019 he declared south bend a open city for lgbt people when indiana this is how it was worded um on like vote smart or whatever i was looking at these issues on when indiana became (laughs) anti-lgbt i think most people from indiana would be like "Mm, became uh but yeah um
0: refreshing
1: yeah so that's basically it as far as mayor pete goes he is openly gay uh i think I may decide to delete this later, but I think when you are looking at the queer issues that any candidate has uh, acted upon, um, it's important to look at things like their track records on police brutality and homelessness, because those are things that very directly intersect with the queer identity. So. You know, just check that out for certain candidates.
0: (laughs) Definitely valuable to note that there are a lot of important issues that impact the queer community. And we are not going into them. So it's important that you should research a candidate's robust platform and voting history. Speaking of somebody with a robust voting history... Uh, Bernie Sanders, you may have heard of him. He is the U.S. Senator from Vermont since 2007. He was previously the U.S. Representative from Vermont from 1991 to 2007. Before that, he was mayor of Burlington, Vermont from 1981 to 1989. He was also previously a candidate for president in 2016. Did you know that in Burlington, Vermont, if you leave the house naked, it is legal to walk around naked all day? Oh, whoa, I didn't know that. I knew that after I saw a naked guy walking down the street in Burlington, Vermont.
1: Dude, Burlington, Vermont is freezing cold except for like two months out of the year. So that's very smart of them to have that law to be like, look how cool they are. No one's ever fucking going to do this except for that guy, I guess. Yeah, I
0: was like am I seeing something? He was super chill, sunglasses
1: on, hat on, Help. nothing else. Oh, he was he had clothes on then, sunglasses and a hat. That's like fully dressed. You're right, you're right. The hat the hat is the underwear of the head.
0: <laughs> what
1: um are the sunglasses? <laughs> the socks? I'll allow it. Think about it. But
0: yes, Bernie Sanders has a more robust voting record that is publicly available. Uh, In February to September 1993, he supported a review of the policy on homosexuals in the military and voted against Don't Ask, Don't Tell. In November 1995, he voted against removing health benefits for the domestic partners of Washington, D.C. government employees. In July 1996, he voted against the Defense of Marriage Act, which defined marriage as between a man and a woman. In October 2009, he voted yes to expanding hate crimes to include perceived sexual orientation and gender expression. This is the Matthew Shepard bill. In December 2010, he voted to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. In April 2013, he co-sponsored Employment Non-Discrimination Act that covered sexual orientation and gender expression, which ended up passing in November 13, and subsequently he voted against the amendment proposal that would allow religiously affiliated employers to discriminate employment on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Woo!
1: Hell yeah. Another candidate with pretty pretty clear-cut good, good for queer people. Uh, stances
0: yeah and at a time where it wasn't very popular for politicians to be very outspoken
1: about that that's true uh who do we have next elizabeth warren i stole this from rose because we ended up cutting some people who got uh, booted um but elizabeth warren is the u.s senator from massachusetts from 2013 to the present she was also special advisor for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau from 2010 to 2011. Um, in April 2013, she co-sponsored em- a uh, Employment Non-Discrimination Act that covered sexual orientation and gender expression. So, um, protecting workplace rights for queer people in 2013, sorry, <laughs> November 2013, she voted no on a religious exemption from employment discrimination. Sorry, I should clarify. She voted no on a religious exemption from employment discrimination. So uh, even if you're from a religion that hates gay people, you still can't discriminate against them in the workplace. In 2015, she proposed a rollback on the ban in blood donation policy by the FDA to replace it with a one-year deferral. That, That blood donation ban usually applies to gay men.
0: And bisexual men.
1: Uh, Oh, and bisexual men. It's men men who have sex
0: with men or women who have sex with men who have sex with men.
1: (laughs) And in 2019, she signed a letter to the State Department that stated that any decision to limit official support for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex rights would send the wrong message to the rest of the world. Uh, This came after the Trump administration told U.S. embassies around the world not to fly the pride flag. Uh, so she signed a letter saying that was bullshit basically
0: (laughs) i mean who doesn't love a rainbow
1: yeah come on come on bill weld was the governor of massachusetts from 1991 to 1997 he was the libertarian nominee for vice president in 2016 last election and he was a nominee for u.s senate for massachusetts in 1996 In 1992, as governor of Massachusetts, he issued an executive order allowing state employees to register as domestic partners for purposes of bereavement, leave, and visitation rights in state prisons and hospitals. In 1993, he appointed a governor's commission on gay and lesbian youth, which in turn produced a report called Making Schools Safe for Gay and Lesbian Youth. Its recommendations required schools to create policies to protect gay and lesbian students' Create school-based support groups for them. Train teachers and staff on gay issues, and incorporate information on gay issues into curriculum and libraries. He, while he was governor, he appointed the woman who wrote the decision holding equality of marriage as constitutionally compelled in Massachusetts, uh, which is cool. And he signed an amicus brief in 2013, which called on the Supreme Court to overturn Proposition Proposition 8 in California, that was enacted in november 2008 uh proposition 8 was the legislation in california that eliminated the fundamental freedom of gay and lesbian californians to marry so he signed a letter that said hey proposition 8 is bullshit (laughs) just a great a great track record like uh, a few other of these candidates it's it goes back to the early 90s which is way before people were trying to help out gay people and lgbt people in america so admirable
0: and now for someone with a quite short track record who has somehow done so much damage for the queer community we have donald trump president of the united states 2017 to present businessman television personality and real estate developer i'm Sad so to say, this is going to be a long list. Um, even though he has no actual voting record, we are going to track what has been done under his administration. This is only some of it. There is a full list that's available from Glad at glad.org/tap/donald-trump. We'll include show notes to that. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, I also didn't include any of the actions taken from folks that he has elected or nominated to positions. They are also doing a lot of fucked up shit. And unfortunately, I had to include to exclude things that he's done that impact our community in ways that aren't explicit. For example, HIV and AIDS research, immigration policy, healthcare policy, food stamps and public support, etc., etc., etc. The list goes on and on. I'm just going to settle in for this. Uh, <clears throat> January 2017, moments after Donald Trump is sworn into office, all mention of the LG- LGBT community is removed from the White House, Department of State, and Department of Labor websites. February 2017, withdrew landmark 2016 ruling explaining how under the federal Title IX, schools must protect students based on their gender expression. March 2017 cancels plan to add the LGBT community to 2020 census this is important because data matters if we're not counted you can't provide appropriate services to the people who need them in April 2017 uh, they filed to dismiss a lawsuit against the against North Carolina for discriminating against LGBTQ people this has to do with the transgender Transgender bathroom laws. June 2017 was a busy month. Uh, They refused to issue a proclamation designating June as Pride Month, breaking the eight-year precedent set by uh, Barack Obama. The Department of Commerce removes sexual orientation and gender identity from their employment policy, their equal employment policy. Eventually, after protests, they do add it back. There is an internal memo from the Department of Education saying to dismiss complaints regarding bathrooms filed by trans students. In July 2017, President Trump bans all transgender service members from serving in any capacity in the U.S. military, threatening to fire 15,000 currently serving troops over Twitter. This was eventually implemented in April of 2019. October 2017, the Department of Health and Human Services removes LGBTQ from future budget requests through 2022. The Department of Justice reverses policy that provided non-discrimination protections for trans people at work under Title VII. The Department of Justice also issues religious exemption guidance allowing discrimination against LGBTQ in the workplace for all government employees and government December 2017. The Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says that Trump agrees business owners should be allowed to put up signs saying that they won't serve homosexuals. President Trump fires the White House Presidential Advisory Council on HIV and AIDS. Some of the people who were in that council said it appears Donald Trump does not care about the HIV-AIDS crisis. January 2018. Department of Health and Human Services creates a new department to help shield health workers who refuse treatment to LGBTQ patients and those living with HIV based on, quote, moral or religious obligations. Yep, this is totally in line with the Hippocratic Oath. In April 2018, reporting reveals that the White House is seeking to roll back vital data collection on LGBTQ youth by raising the minimum age that LGBTQ people can be asked questions about their sexual orientation and gender identity in the Department of Justice National Crime Victimization Survey. So it's going to look like hate in schools against LGBTQ students is zero, which we all know that is Just not the case. Um, It's not going to help improve the situation at all. In May 2018, the Trump administration rolls back protections for incarcerated transgender people that were intended to mitigate their exposure to sexual assault and abuse, allowing the Bureau of Prisons to, quote, use biological sex as the initial determinant for designation. This means that they'll be placing trans people in housing, screening, and programs that don't fit their gender. July 2018, President Trump nominates Brett Kavanaugh for the U.S. Supreme Court seat made vacant by the retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy. Kavanaugh has an extremely conservative record and has the support of Southern Poverty Law Center-designated Anti-LGBTQ Hate Group Family Research Council. In October 2018, the Department of Health and Human Services wants to force people to identify according to their gender assigned at birth, removing protections for trans, non-binary, and intersex persons. May 2019, they announced a plan to allow adoption agencies to deny LGBTQ couples under religious exemptions and to remove health care protections under the Affordable Care Act for transgender people. <sighs> Whew. In June 2019, Trump says that no embassy buildings can fly the pride flag. In August 2019, they file a brief with with the Supreme Court asking to remove workplace protections for gender and sexual orientation of employees. That is quite a bit. It has been a long presidency and that's only up until August 2019. So things have certainly happened since then. And we'll put some information in the show notes about where you can go to keep up to date on what Trump is doing.
1: a lot a lot of a lot of shit can happen in four years please don't let this guy have another four years to fuck up more shit
0: we talk about this a little bit in our allyship episode and it's just so important to vote if you are eligible and able to vote please vote tell others to vote help others vote give them time to vote help them get there so they can vote
1: yeah uh, and do your research before you vote. This is you know, like we said, a slice of a slice of a big pizza of information having to do with these candidates. <laughs> I had pizza last night. It was really good. If you want to fact check us or do more research, there are resources for you. You can check out a candidate's voting record on justvax.votesmart.org or on ballotpedia.org. Uh, you can also check govtrack.us if they're a, a current congressperson um, you can check out their opinions on, on theissues.org uh, and some of their voting records as well you can check a campaign's finance records at fec.gov data you can find out about local issues uh on vote411.org ballot or ballotready.org and you can find out other things about candidates do you want to do this section i don't want to talk too much there are also
0: other lgbtq and pro women pro bodily autonomy organizations that have scored candidates and provided really great tools for you to assess them That includes Planned Parenthood, Action Fund's Congressional Scorecard, uh, the Human Rights Campaign's Congressional Scorecard, and the ACLU's Legislative Scorecard. Uh, We'll put links to all of those in the show notes. And you can stay up to date with your LGBT political news by visiting lgbtqnation.com.
1: I would also like to say I just listened to an episode of Reply All where they talk about politicians editing their own Wikipedia pages. It's very good. I highly recommend Reply All as a great podcast about the internet. So if you're doing research on candidates, don't use Wikipedia. (laughs) Or if you do, make sure that everything that is cited on Wikipedia has a legitimate source. Find a credible news source. And treat any source that only says good or bad things with extreme scrutiny because, you know... Pobody's nerfed. everyone is fucked up, everyone has done something good, uh, and you're allowed to form opinions based on those things. There's not, like, a, a right or wrong. You are allowed your own opinion. Um, and also, there is a congressional vote happening right now, or happening probably before the election, on the Equality Act. Tell your senator, because it's going to the Senate next, it is passed through... Um, the house so it's going to the senate it's called the equality act tell your senator to vote yes on the equality act it extends civil rights protections to lgbt americans by prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity it would include much needed protections in employment housing credit education federally funded programs and jury service there are no federal protections for those things right now which is scary so protect yourself Tell your senator to vote yes on this act. If you don't know who your senator is, Google the state you live in, senator. <laughs> or just, just email us and say, hey, I live in blank, who's my senator, and we'll tell you. Um, but but write them an email and tell them to vote yes, please.
0: If you can't vote and you've heard of a politician who you like or you do are somewhat interested in? You can canvas for that politician if you don't know who you're interested in, but you do want everyone to vote. You can work with a nonpartisan organization to get people registered to vote. You can hand out flyers, you can volunteer at your polling place, you can post on social media and share where your polling place is when you're going, that you have extra seats in your car. If you are in a position of power at work, you can give people extra time off to go take care of their voting at the beginning or the end of the day. You can tell your friends. You can post a selfie of you with your sticker. There's so much that you can do in addition to voting to help spread the word and get other people out there. And shame those people
1: who don't vote. Put them on blast. Yeah. And talk to your friends and family about candidates you like. Doesn't have to be a... I mean you know there are some cases where it's not avoidable it will turn into a shouting match but if you can have a civil discussion with with someone about why you think a candidate is a good candidate then do that it's it's good to share share what you know and someone else will share what they know and you can be better informed ideally yeah exactly
0: Speaking of being informed, I heard that we have some bylights.
1: Bylights, yes. Uh, one in five LGBTQ Americans isn't registered to vote according to Market Watch. Um, that's despite the high stakes in 2020. So go register to vote on vote.gov. Now, if you have not, um, there's a new web integrity project that reports uh, changes to the LGBTQ-related web content under the Trump administration. I know GLAAD is also doing this much much more broadly, I think, um, but that's the Sunlight Foundation. They have a report that compiles all the, the web content changes under the Trump administration um, and kind of tracks the trends, uh, kind of looks at the data behind what they're altering or deleting or adding, that is bad for LGBTQ Americans. So check that out. We'll have a link to that.
0: Um, Tennessee passed a bill that allows adoption agencies to ban gay and lesbian parents. House Democrats called for ICE to release transgender detainees from, quote, inhumane facilities. Um, they were asked to provide a response with a detailed plan by January 27th or to release all trans inmates at that time. Uh, we looked it up since this is a little bit later, and all of those detainees were moved to presumably more appropriate facilities.
1: Powering on, a Trump advisor, this was back in, uh, back in January, but a Trump advisor told a lesbian teen considering suicide to get conversion therapy, uh as we all know conversion therapy works and does not increase the suicide rate so i'm being sarcastic um i pulled this because i really liked one quote that this trump advisor had um he said that quote he sorry he said that he learned about the quote brilliant plan of gay activists to normalize the abnormal practice homo- of homosexuality using the same brainwashing techniques that had been used by the Chinese for hundreds of years. It's perfect. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is who's advising our president right now. And it shows.
0: <laughs> um, do you want to spread some bi history love?
1: Oh, yeah, I did want to talk about uh, how in 1997, Evelyn Montilla came in, came in, came out as, (laughs) she came out as America's first openly bisexual state official in 1997 in Connecticut. Montilla was born in uh, Caguas, Puerto Rico, and moved to Hartford, Connecticut in 1990, sorry, 1978. She was first elected to represent the predominantly Latino 4th District in a special election held in February 1997, and she served for a time as Deputy Majority Leader. Uh, She would not run again, uh, she decided, in 2007, but I would love to have her as a guest, so if anyone knows her, uh, let us know. I mean, I'm assuming she's a listener. We want her and Kate Brown, so anyone knows
0: Evelyn Kate pick <laughs> up the phone don't be intimidated to call us
1: yeah exactly we know we're we're very busy important people but. um
0: should we email them from 42069
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely oh my god. Did I oh yeah. And she's doubling as my uh my bising star as well. I feel like I should say that. I was like, did I forget a bising star? No. She's also my bising star for this week.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um my bising star is Vineet Mehta, uh, who is a writer, programmer, and all around cool fucking Indian bisexual guy that you should definitely follow on Instagram in a platform with so much negativity. His Instagram always just make me super, super happy. Um, His handle is Nintendomad888. We will include a link in the show notes. And recently, he started a YouTube channel called The AmbiSitters. And you know, I love a good pun. And he's got a dope bisexual tattoo, so.
1: Hell yeah. I would also love to have him as a guest. That'd be really fun. I bet he'd say yes.
0: Vineet, this is the ask. It's very formal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Any, you need any advice? I do. So like,
0: a lot of these politicians voted a really long time ago for some things that are pretty uh, anti-queer community. And I'm just wondering, like, what's the timeline on these types of things? Like do you have to have been perfect your entire career or is there a certain point at which we allow for growth and change? Like I know I certainly don't want to be judged on anything I did 25 years ago or opinions I held even 10 years ago. That's like, wow, I've changed and grown so much. Um, And I think that that kind of work should be applauded in not only our politicians, but every individual. So it's like, How do we not forget somebody did bad shit, but also afford them an opportunity for growth and to make changes? Right.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, so much of adulthood is like learning how to compromise. And I think it's very rare that anyone would find a political candidate that has not had to compromise on something. So, yeah. Yeah. But there's also shit that, like, I personally feel like I shouldn't have to make compromises about. I think it's, like, a fundamental human right, and it should have always been. And how could I possibly support someone who didn't think the same way? So, it's tough. So, if somebody has the formula... Yeah, if someone has the formula for figuring out... Yeah, just let us know. Yeah. Uh, My call for advice is, how do we feel about posting political opinions on social media. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel it is important to get information out to as many people as I can. And it seems like social media would be a great way to do that. But I don't know if it's effective. And I don't know if it will irritate people more than it will inform them. So like, is there a good way to say, hey, I'm voting for this candidate because I like them a lot or does it always come across as douchey?
0: (laughs) Are you interested in my advice? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's like the difference between like, you're not just going to post and be like, this candidate fucking rips. Like you might start it that way, but I know that you're going to be like, fact, 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 voting history policies they've supported, et cetera. And I think um, people get really, like, hype up when somebody is just like, this is the only candidate and there's no one else, and if you consider them, then you're a fucking idiot. Um, And that's, like, not productive. But my my friend has been recently posting, um, like, his experiences with the medical system and just how fucked up they are and how hard it is to advocate and navigate for yourself. And he'll be, like, telling these stories that are just engaging and it's, like, someone you care about. And then he's, like, and that's why I think we all need universal health care. And so this is the candidate that I support, which I think is really effective. Mm,
1: Okay. I like that. I like that uh, route.
0: I don't know. I always hesitate so much before, like, before sharing anything that isn't extremely silly on social media, even if it's
1: mildly serious. I'm just, like, I don't know. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, for me that's like not how I use social media, and I think it would be a very weird break for me to suddenly be like, "Let's get serious." So, yeah, that's all I got.
0: Should we do the sign off?
1: Yeah, ready. Goodbye, Goodbye from, the from the Good, good goodbyes. Goodbyes. Anyway, I think I think what was good this
0: time.